You know it's a big deal when we got the three windows, and the, the three, three windows is a big deal because Mike Bobo is the new offensive coordinator. Todd Munkin goes to Baltimore. We wish him well, and if anybody starts to debate about that, so help me God, I may lose it. We got the three windows because we talk in how Mike Bobo leading the charge in Athens for this very, very talented offense, keeping up that juggernaut. What does it mean for your Bulldogs next on Locked on Bulldogs? You are Locked on Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. That is Clint and John, a uh, longtime fan of the show, John from John Tweet Sports. Welcome to the show. Mm. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, uh, everybody's favorite sports book. We'll get to more of them in a minute. But, uh, John, great to have you. Long time. Been, been a while since we've had you on the podcast. It, it has been a while. I'm, I'm thankful for the invite, gentlemen. Mm. It's honored to be in your presence. Back to back national champions. Here we go. Twenty nine and one in Here the last we go. two seasons. Say more. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I has has Alabama ever had a fifteen and zero season? Now in their they program haven't. history, I did the research. The program history, man, that's amazing. So Chris Marler asked me to, and I did the research, and they have never had a fifteen and zero season. It's unbelievable. Listen, so no matter what happens uh, mm-hmm. from here, unless okay. Tommy Reese, ooh. And Hello. Kevin Steele are here going go. to lead Alabama to a 15 and 0 season anytime soon. I'm feeling really good about where we are, gentlemen. Y'all hey, wonder why we bring John. Glad, I'm glad to be back. This thanks, is why. Thanks for <laughs> listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see John. What a what a fantastic looking shirt that is that you hey, got guys. on. Listen, you must have gone over to the 199 store to pick yeah. that guy up. Ooh, you yeah, love this to see little, it. The, this little thing called the 199 store. Mm. It's every all the cool kids. That's you love where they're that. shopping these days. You love you, you love, love that. It. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. Drop us a comment and tell John how good he looks in that uh, Death March T-shirt, and then go over and subscribe to the audio podcast. We really appreciate that. But none of the forget about the self promotion. Let's get into this Mike Bobo talk because um, we're talking to two, dis- three. Sorry, we're talking to three distinct groups of people today, John. Yes, Clint. Yes, Group A. Uh huh. People who are excited and trust Kirby Smart. This is where you're going to find us. I knew Georgia would say that thing. Group B, people, Georgia fans who are absolutely losing their minds right now because they are racked with anxiety. They're living in the past. They Mm. cannot Mm. get over certain moments from their history, and they... They're they're feeling some feelings, and we need to talk them down off a ledge. And then group group B or group C, um, the biggest demographic of the podcast is rival fan bases are here to watch the show of their favorite team, the Georgia Bulldogs, and so um, it's Vern Funquist and the boys are group C, and they're just here to listen to how. We're going to talk about this new offensive coordinator hire. So, yes. obviously, Clint and I have been saying for years, John. Mm-hmm. If Todd Monken ever leaves, it's going to be awful. 
And let me just start the podcast by saying mm-hmm. it is awful. Oh, it's awful. 100%. That um, Todd Munkin has left. He's the best offensive coordinator that Georgia's ever had. Mm-hmm. And um, Georgia has replaced him with the second best offensive coordinator that Georgia's ever had. Correct. And second best is worse than first best. And so Todd Always. Munkin leaving is awful for the University of Georgia. We wish him nothing but success. But give me your initial thoughts, John, as you heard about this news breaking. We all knew it was going to be Mike Bobo. We all, everyone knew everyone it was going to be Mike Bobo. Everyone knew. Give me your initial thoughts when the news came across. Yeah, listen, so my initial thoughts, um, we can talk about statistics in a few minutes. Um, my initial thoughts were two things. Number one, um, Kirby Smart has earned the right to decide who's going to be the offensive coordinator at the University yeah. of Georgia, coming off of back-to-back national championships, a 15-0 and season. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a guy who early in his tenure as a head coach, um, everyone knew, everyone saw it. Uh, Kirby Smart had uh, what felt like uh, a lot of uh, involvement in the offense. In the That's last right. few years, he has let Todd Munkin do his thing. Now he has earned the right to put Mike Bobo in that position. So we knew it was going to be Mike Bobo. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust that Kirby Smart understands uh, what he's doing, first of all. Second of all, um, the number one thing, it is February. You know, it's middle of February. Sure. Yes. February the something. Dates are February the something. I don't even know Calendars what Calendars are hard. doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's the middle of February. And the worst thing that you can do, if in my opinion – if you're going out and you have a guy like Todd Munkin leaving is to go and find a brand new offensive coordinator to come in because that guy's going to do two things. He's going to put in a new scheme and more importantly, he's going to introduce new terminology and I'll add a third thing. He's going to have different ways of installing that offense. Hmm. What Mike Bobo brings to the table, he understands Todd Munkin's terminology. You don't have to change the terminology. You don't have to change the play calls. You don't have to change the formations. You don't have to change any of those things with the existing players, with the guys, Carson Beck and Gunnar Stockton, yes. and Brock Vandegrift, and those guys who have learned the last two years this terminology don't have to change anything. Number two, Mike Bobo has had a year where he has seen how they practice, how they, how they play, how they run in personnel, how they do all these things in this particular scheme, it doesn't mean that he's going to run the exact same scheme as Todd Munkin, but all the foundational pieces are there and you don't have to change that. And that's huge in the middle of February when you're less than a month going into spring training, uh, spring, spring ball um, to have that stability. So that's my initial feelings. Kirby's earned the right to choose whoever he wants to choose. If he thinks Bobo's that guy, then we got to ride with it. And two, the stability is more important when you're when you're at a, a team like Georgia with the talent that Georgia has mm. than some fancy scheme that somebody's going to bring in. That's my personal opinion. Look, this is this is the biggest point so far. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if you don't think Mike Bobo is, let me ask you a question: If you were to go back to your alma mater with your friend, and mm-hmm. you're this is the job that you have been gifted, you've been yeah. given a yeah. A pristine a vehicle. A new lease on life. A some new would say. lease on life. You were yeah. at freaking Auburn. Uh-huh. You understand how far under this man's Brian, come? Under not, Brian Harson. Under not Blue Jerk. Not just Auburn, but under that guy. You had this, to watch this man. these staffers come in and out of the building. You had to this watch him come stop. and go. Daniel, stop. This I'm man took 
Mason and made him have an existential crisis Correct. where he no longer believes football is a thing he wants to enjoy. <laughs> yes. That's what Brian Harson has done. And this man has survived that. He is a new lease on life. He's with his dear friend. He's okay. back at his alma mater. All of that. And all he has to do, literally all he has to do is don't break the system. Just keep yeah. the wheels moving. Guys, guys, do you think anyone... So there's this whole dynamic of Kirby Smart and his friends at Georgia. Do you think anyone feels more pressure Mm -hmm. as the offensive coordinator at Georgia or as a coach at Georgia right now than Mike Bobo, who is getting a new lease on life following the best offensive coordinator in Georgia history? If you don't think that guy feels the pressure and feels like, he loves Georgia, a Georgia graduate, a Georgia alum, longtime Georgia coach. I, I think at the end of the day, that new lease on on life is absolutely um, uh, mm. what he needs. And I think and, and personally, I think he's up for the challenge. It's fantastic. We're going to come back after this. We're going to maybe talk to some Georgia fans that need that need brought back. Justin B. Tweeten, I'm looking at you. Uh-oh. Lock it up. Justin. Come into the Chili's. Let's chat. <laughs> Let's chat. <laughs> Not for long. Not for long. <laughs> no, we'll be we there will... for just a minute. <laughs> a hot minute. Uh, but first, we'll let you know about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And right now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Oh, look at that. Uh, Look, uh, I don't know if you understand how NBA works, but they score a ton of points, and you find the guys that score that ton of points, and then you go look at the prop bets for them. Hmm. Like, I don't know. Uh, how many times the Mavs are going to lose after getting a superstar onto their roster? You just all the losses. Just if Kyrie's on a team, it's, it's bad. Can you bet on team chemistry on the FanDuel? Do they have a team <laughs> chemistry have, prop? They don't have that prop. Uh, so don't miss this chance to get your no sweat first bet on $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, speaking of betting, in this second segment, uh, John, I want to get into some empirical data. Some Georgia fans need to hear some yeah. data about um, Mike Bobo. But before we get into that, speaking of betting, I have to sneak this in right here. Uh, Mike White got them boys cooking, eh? Ooh. Oh, gosh, here we go. Your 30 seconds, your thoughts on the basketball team, John Tweet Sports. 16 and 10, guys are gutting it out. No way that we should have gone to the wire versus LSU, but you know what? You tell me a Tom Crane team that would have gone to the wire and actually won that we game. We win the game. Win the game. You play um, to win I'm the game. Ex- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Excited about what Mike White has cooking. Um, I'm excited for him to have a full year of he's got results now. He can go to recruiting yes, in the transfer portal yes, sir. and get some good guys in. I'm excited about what's happening in basketball. Only started with 199 listeners. Just lost 100 of them for that 30 <laughs> seconds. But it was worth it to me. They gone. They gone. But and If I know be, anything about Daniel, it'd be fine. he's in it for himself. Um, Listen, we are... Not a not no lies detected. <laughs> third segment, the- third segment, fellas. I want to talk about our favorite narratives that we've seen oh, out gosh. there about it's, this whole thing. But this good. second segment, as I said, 
Let's get into the numbers. Let's let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about some maths, okay? Um, Mike Bobo turns out is good at being an offensive coordinator, and that's not me wishing something to be true. Mm, that's not me important. remembering one first and goal series in my life and basing all my other, I'm basing all my other opinions on that one first and goal series. Let me start mm-hmm. with this, if I can, Georgia fans, and then John's gonna hit. Remember when you said, Mark, Rick, it was frustrating watching him and anybody coming in after that couldn't do, if, if he couldn't do it, it was frustrating, all that talent, all that tradition. Mm-hmm. And then Kirby came in and said, I'm going to take that exact thing and, and I'm going to make it great. The greatest dynasty that Georgia has ever seen in our time, as well as the current top dog. That was the, the transition Mike Bobo was under that regime. And I know we're not talking disparaging about Mark Rick. That's not what I'm doing at all. I love him. All we're saying is you can't remember those days because they're not the same days. May I speak disparagingly about Willie Martinez and Todd Grantham, though? Yep. Can I do that? No, you that easy. You can do. Because that's the reason those teams lost them games. (laughs) Okay. Mm. That's the reason. Those teams lost them games. Absolutely. The the three. So 2014. Mike Bobo's last year as as Georgia offensive coordinator. Um, listeners have probably heard some of these stats, but I'm gonna give them to you anyway. Forty one point three points per game to this day. That's high, including Todd Munkin years. That's high. That's the most. That's the most points Georgia has scored per game in a season. It's interesting. Todd, Todd Munkin this season, 2022, 41.1 points per game. Mike Bobo, now as an offensive coordinator, you are trying to score the points. I just want to clarify for some of our newer <laughs> listeners who are Correct. newer to the sport of football. You're trying to score the points. You are trying to score the points. Okay. 41.3 points per game. Um, yards per play, mm-hmm. Mike Bobo, 6.8 yards per play in 2014, ran um, about 200 um, less plays than Todd Munkin. Still had 5,964 yards of total offense, 6.8 yards per play. Um, so much of that was run the ball. You know why? Todd Gurley, Keith yeah. Marshall, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. They good. You know what that told me when I when I saw these stats? Mike Bobo knows how to use his personnel, right? Ooh. Todd Munkin, what does Todd Munkin know how to do? How to use his personnel. Yeah, um, so points per game and yards per play, which are the two key metrics That's it. for offense, Mike Bobo was top 10 in 2014 Todd Munkin was top 10 in 2022 at 7.2 yards per game uh yards per play and 41.1 points per game I'll tell you you know what's interesting to me when you look at the stats Mike Bobo was a offensive coordinator for seven seasons I think at Georgia Mm -hmm. um there is this narrative of Georgia didn't use the tight ends right okay a tight end was in the top three in receiving yards every year under Mike Bobo, except for 2008 and 2010. Huh. Um, oh. At the end of the day, it was a different style of offense. It was a heavy run-the-ball offense. Um, the three games that Georgia lost in 2014, they gave up 38 points. They gave up 38 <laughs> points, and they gave up 30 points. I'm sorry. So, now, again, for for you averaging and mathing, the yes. average, the top teams are going to lose those games. Every yeah, team. Yes, every team. Um, so at the end of the day, um, when I look at these stats, what I see is an offensive coordinator that knew how to use his personnel. I see an offensive coordinator that um, that could scheme, and but I also saw an offensive coordinator that could not overcome bad defense, which most offensive coordinators cannot. Mm. Do you know what Georgia doesn't have? Georgia doesn't have bad defense. Oh, Does hello. anyone think? Does anyone think Hello. 
that Georgia is going to give up 38 points uh, in a in a regular season game to to Florida anytime soon or yeah, so South what, Carolina so anytime soon. What we're saying is is that Mike Bobo lost these games by giving up. You know, while Willie Martinez was giving up 38 points. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Kirby Smart in his two head-to-head meetings with Josh Heupel. Here we go. Has given up 17 and 13 points respectively. Unreal. So that's what, a total what, of 30 points yeah. in two seasons against yeah, what, the greatest offensive mind that the SEC's ever seen. Unless you think in the regular season and anytime soon that and people, you know, people are gonna this is where Georgia is as a program. People are gonna completely skip over the regular season. Yeah. People are gonna say, well, it's all about the SEC championship, it's all about the playoffs now. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But if you think that Georgia is going to give up more than 30 points, give up 30 points a game in a regular season game anytime soon, I I would love for you to tell me which game that's going to be. Um, The other thing that I will note about Mike Bubba that's really, really important, the offensive line. (laughs) Mm. Mike Mm. Mike Bobo averaged 41.3 points per game with Mm. this offensive line. Yeah. John okay. Theus. Here we go. Brandon <laughs> Brandon Cublin. I'm sorry, wait, hold I on, just false started. I, fall, yep. I had a false start. Can <laughs> you repeat? Point. Can you start over I mean, John Theus? I, I actually mean, went too early. Ex- exactly. I mean, he, he admitted on Twitter, you know, so like Greg Pike, Colton Houston. I mean, at the end of the day, um, the key stat that I refer people to when it comes to talent that Mike Bobo is inheriting, Stacy Searles is the offensive line coach at Georgia. In 2021, he was at North Carolina. Stacy Searles, North Carolina's offensive line, gave up 40 sacks. That's why he was a bad hire. That's yes. why I read all and over Twitter he was a terrible hire. 2021, they were 128th out of 130 teams. He comes to Georgia his first year at Georgia. Georgia allows nine sacks. Oh, interesting. Third, in 15 games. This man, this man who was a terrible hire, went yeah. from 128 he, and allowing 40 sacks to He went nine from a bum to a genius. Absolutely. And, and so, it's all Broderick Jones' fault. <laughs> all. So at the end of the day, the offensive line that Mike Bobo is inheriting is, you know, he, he again, there were some good players on that 2014 team. It is, it is night and day. It is uh, a Ferrari – uh, versus my uh, my family's 1984 Ford Escort that that we rode mm. around in when I was a kid. Mm. Um, it is night and day talent wise different, and I think people that have PTSD about particular series or particular play calls, an offensive line uh, at it South Carolina when Hudson Mason mm-hmm. got okay. the intentional grounding. Mm-hmm. The, if Broderick Jones. Is is it uh, or, or um, uh, not Broderick Jones? So let's say let's if Amarius uh, Mims, Amarius Ernest Mims, Green, is it tackle Ernest Green? Yeah. Is it tackle on that play? That does not happen. And I think people need to realize the talent that is being inherited is significantly different. So if you got a guy who with Hudson Mason and with that offensive line could put up forty one point three points per game again, different era eight years ago. This is a different time, but he's been in the year in the system for a year. Um, and and he is inheriting a Ferrari, and I think he knows how to drive it. I just I just want to make this quick observation about coaching, and when we talk about talent, we talk about people 
mm-hmm. not doing good in certain situations. Do you realize there's a reason that Kirby Smart waited until Georgia opening was there and took that mm-hmm. job? He could have had head coaching positions elsewhere. Yeah. Do you realize that Dan Lanning stopped and didn't t- waited till Oregon? You know why? Mm-hmm. Because sure, it takes one in a literal generation to just mm-hmm. start something from scratch and make it go. And any of y'all who start from something from scratch know how painfully difficult it is. Mm-hmm. What if the really smart ones, once they are given great resources, can make good outcomes? And what I if mean, Mike Bobo is one of those people that when given good resources, good outcomes happen? Mm-hmm. Just listen, I, I would say I, I would I would defy anyone to tell me an offensive coordinator that will fail with the talent that Georgia has. I mean, just you tell me who who who. Give me your list of people that will fail and then tell me that Mike Bobo is worse than those people. That's just what I want. That would be my challenge. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, if, yeah. off the top of my head, probably Tommy Reese would be the only guy I could think of you that know. couldn't get it done with this kind of talent. I think, okay. Yeah, I think Tommy Reese would struggle for sure. I think I think Tommy Reese, maybe uh, Bill O'Brien had some challenges. He um, would have some challenges. So yeah, you're saying think- all of the recent hires by Nick Saban. I think That's, so. Yeah. yeah most yeah, of the so. recent hires. Yeah. 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 I also don't think that Kevin Steele could run the Georgia offense uh, <laughs> either. So, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you're not Kevin Steele or Tom you're going to have success at Georgia. Do you realize how quickly Steele would be ran out of the defensive room just by holding, the linebackers of UG? He's just a holding place for Jeremy Pruitt, guys. Oh, that's right. Don't worry. Guys, he may not be a good defensive coordinator, but he puts out a hell of a preseason magazine. I love that thing. I buy it every year. The Kevin Steele college football season preview. It's I look forward to it. I I went I went and got it. So oh my gosh. Uh we're gonna come back after this, talk our favorite narratives from this hire right after this. Uh all right, favorite narratives from this. Uh John, what have you heard from people as the all the Bama fans that are here? The Florida Gator fans aren't here. Um, no, I saw some Florida still- Gator fans chime in. They they've got a better play caller than us now. Well, that's what oh. that's what we're hearing. Oh, I'm not no. sure. He's the one time Sun Belt champion, Billy Napier. I don't that's know. Better- you understand? He, they are they are still tracking the desert right now. They are listening to Arizona State podcasts. We right are now. talking that's- about a potential number one quarterback drafted, and they did what with him? They did. I'm sorry. They made him into what? Hey, listen, I, listen, guys. Billy Napier uh, was <laughs> able to uh, was able to take Anthony Richardson and mm-hmm. have him uh, throw for a whopping 112 yards versus South Carolina, yes. um, 66 yards versus Missouri. That's how good Billy Napier is. He You're can take a, a first round quarterback, and, and he can be eight for 14 for 66 yards uh, that's, versus Missouri. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. One of my um, favorite narratives. One of my favorite narratives just to kick this off is the Kirby hired his best friend narrative. Yeah. This is one of my, this yeah. is to me, this is an all timer of a narrative yeah. because I don't know much about Kirby smart. Okay. I've never had the pleasure. Um, and so I don't, I don't know a ton personally about the man. I only know just like you, what I've been able to see and deduce and gather. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't necessarily know about enough about the ins and outs of schematic defensive football, much okay. like Mike Griffith, to hold a real conversation with Kirby Smart. 
about what he does for a living. I mean, I don't know that like it wouldn't last long. The back and forth exchange between the so two. So when us. you drop that safety in the box, <laughs> so when as you try as, to as stop him from s- scoring the points, do you like him to not score the points when you do? As soon as you say when you drop that safety in the box and Kirby corrects you with your terminology, you'll be yeah, like, "Oh, exactly. I, I couldn't even get eight words in before I uh, was uh, clear into what I was talking about." Here's what I do. Here's here's my point. Here's what I do know about Kirby Smart. It's only two things. Number one, he's the back-to-back college football national champion. Guys, do let's just he's, before you move on, mm-hmm. do people realize how hard that is? Like this is not anyway. That's extremely difficult. Yes, it, he's in the college football Hall of Fame already. Immediately, right now, correct. Seven years into being a head coach, correct. Um, he's back-to-back college football national champion and thing number two he likes winning and hates losing more than any person you know or i know or anyone listening to this podcast knows kirby smart is the most competitive person that has ever been near kirby smart he is the most competitive person in every room he's ever been in now do i believe that kirby smart loves mike bobo Yes, I do. Do I believe they have a great relationship? Yes, I do. Do I believe he relishes the opportunity to have him on his staff? Because, yes, I do. That's why he hired him in a support staff role. That's why he hired Will Muschamp in a support staff role. Do I believe that Kirby Smart would promote his own mother to a position that was undeserved for the sake of nepotism? sabotaging his own chances to win football games not for one second not for one second do i believe he would do that and anyone who's ever even seen kirby smart stand on the sidelines for a football game would never disagree with that Mm -hmm. statement Mm -hmm. but now it's like he hired his old college roommate and so that must be the reason he hired him Mm -hmm. it couldn't possibly be anything else Oh, it must hey. be because they were roommates. Has Guys, he, he started Stetson Bennett because it was a feel-good story. That's right. Because because Stetson Bennett loved Stetson Georgia. Bennett. Yeah, and Stetson Bennett loved Georgia. That's, that's why right. that's why he started Stetson Bennett. That's correct. Um, it had nothing to do with desiring to win football games. The fans absolutely. were right about that one. I'm sure they're right about this one. Have to be. Listen, if you th- if to your point, does anyone has anyone who has ever watched Kirby Smart coach for 45 seconds on that sideline? think that he's not salivating at the opportunity to try to win a third national championship. He put the number three up to the crowd in Los Angeles. He put it up to the crowd. So if you think that there's any other reason that he's making this choice other than he feels like, uh, and what he said about sets a minute, that Mike Bobo gives them the best chance to win Right now. now, and that's all he cares about. This season, that's all he cares about. He cares about right now, and um, and I and I think that's a that that narrative is is the most hilarious one to me, um, out there that, my, that they my, were friends. They were friends thirty years ago, roommates thirty years ago, and haven't ever coached together in their career uh, except for when Kirby spent one year at Georgia uh, as a running back coach, um, and then all of a sudden it's like. 
That's oh, why he hired yeah. him. No, yeah, he hired him because he just like they're just yeah. roommates. Uh, my favorite narrative is the there are other highly qualified candidates that Kirby glossed over for mm. somebody who's proven a track record of not succeeding. Yeah. Mm. Right? Okay. Mm. And this comes from the Alabama fan base. Mm. And this is my favorite uh, mm. of the unproven can't trust the head coach gonna give the reins over when a when a national search would have been better yada 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 okay i'm gonna bring up mike loxley of alabama here really quick mike loxley as a head coach 23 and 54 as a head coach he had the juggernaut new mexico and maryland barely getting 12 points a game okay he came back to alabama as an offensive uh, analysis Um, he took over as OC and they won a national championship and then he continued OC and they went back to a national championship after Mm. working at Alabama before and having relationship. Mm. Then he went off to coach did horrible Mm. came back as Mm. a. So you're saying Mike Loxley, if I'm hearing you correctly, Uh good at coaching at Alabama. Hmm. Say more bad at coaching everywhere else this is what i'm trying to tell you and when he coaches at alabama mm. the offensive mm. side they had wild success okay. and scored more points than most teams currently do now that doesn't have anything to do with our conversation clint why, why are you bringing this up has no relationship and so if you think mike bobo's a bad hire you thus must also think loxley was multiple a national choice. championship winning yeah. offensive no. coordinator mike loxley bad not record. only that not only that mike loxley won the broils award for the nation's top assistant coach as the offensive coordinator in 2018 in alabama hmm. after he was a failed head coach failed mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. a and a relatively unsuccessful offensive coordinator mm. um when he was at illinois and then the guy comes all of a sudden in alabama best hey. assistant coach in america um it's amazing what the level of talent can do for guys amazing. who know what to do. And here's my my favorite narrative along the same lines are people spent years saying correctly, I would say, that Will Muschamp is not head coach material, but he's a great defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah. Which I agree with. He's Why been a great defensive that? coordinator virtually everywhere he's been. He's been Absolutely. a terrible head coach virtually Absolutely. everywhere he's been. Absolutely. And I think that same narrative can apply to Mike Bobo. Um, his one year at, at Auburn, Auburn was actually doing relatively well until Bo Nix got hurt, and then you had uh, the, the the statue of TJ Finley like standing oh back my there. Gosh. And try, you know, and at the end of the day, though, I, I you know there wasn't there wasn't things that he did at Auburn that you look at and be like, hey, the guy's working with the personnel he's got, and his personnel just sucks. And that's not going to be the case at Georgia. So I think that narrative, I think the Mike Loxley comparison is, is very uh, relevant. The just, last one, yeah, go for it. Just really quick, uh, South Carolina had a podcast today that said this Mike Bobo hiring has opened the door for South Carolina to take over Georgia. <laughs> I'm not, I, I mean, we all need downloads in the offseason. Just, good on just you, Locked on Georgia Gamecocks. Clicking. Just good Georgia. on you, Locked on I Gamecocks. Love it. Listen, my favorite narrative is going to be when Georgia wins uh, 
a, a, when wins a national championship this year with Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo as coordinators on the sideline, uh, that we get the the built by Carolina uh, tweets or whatever. <laughs> I think that's going to be just amazing. That's um, fantastic. Yeah, no, my, my but I, I'll say my my last. You know, the the one that I have enjoyed uh, personally is uh, is that Mike Mike Bobo uh, it gets cute. Um, that's my mm. favorite because um, yeah. it's it's oh well I, uh, Mike Bobo is a bad hire because he gets cute in certain situations um, well, and I, mean, I think it's, right, it's written on my hat he yeah. needs to run the damn ball if he doesn't yeah. you know if he won't do that then I don't Ex- know what to do with exactly it. the same people that's where I was going with that too the same people who will tell you why didn't you run the ball with Todd Gurley mm. will say praise Todd Munkin for how much Georgia has thrown the ball Oh yeah, and how much finally. play action? Finally, and how, much, how much play action Georgia has used? Finally, finally. Georgia's using play action. Finally, Georgia's using the tight end with an finally, inferior Georgia's quarterback. Creative. Finally, yeah. Georgia's getting creative on the goal line, and they will yeah. point to they will point to South Carolina and say, "Why didn't you just hand the ball off?" It's amazing. Whatever, whatever helps you prove your point, John. It doesn't matter if it makes any sense. It doesn't, Do the it's, research. It's it, the the. the the main point, the main takeaway from all this is number yeah. one, George is fine because Kirby's at the helm. Number two, it's the off season, and all these lesser, inferior programs looking at you, Tennessee, looking at you, Florida, looking at you, Alabama, looking at you, whoever else you are in the mentions. Yeah. Uh, all these inferior programs ain't got nothing to do but talk about us and talk yeah, about how yeah. now's the time that we can oh. overtake Georgia. Well, first of all, thank you very much for recognizing where we are mm-hmm. and where you are. And second of all, yeah, just let us know how that goes. Oh, I mean, listen, I would I... love it if we got to play Alabama this year. Unfortunately, we will not. Uh, but I can't wait till the next time we they schedule us listen. in the regular season against them I'll, because uh, that'll be a great time to get to play bummer. them. All I heard last year from rival fan bases, uh, Alabama was saying that it's the revenge tour and they yeah. have the most yeah. most talent they've ever had at Alabama. The rebuild and, tour. The revenge and tour. all the rival ba- fan bases, including Alabama, were laughing saying, Stetson Bennett is going to be your quarterback mm. in 2022. Mm. And so um, sub Stetson Bennett for Mike Bobo Mike. and we'll just run it back, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with the outcome. You, Here we, cool. I mean, I'm sorry, I, not run it back, run it back to back to, to back. back to back. Yeah. That's what we okay. uh, This has been locked on Bulldogs, part of locked on podcast network. John, go find him over at Twitter. John tweets sports. Good. Hey, man. go to that 199 store. Ooh, come These on, shirts y'all. are comfy, man. These they shirts, I'm, they're not only good looking, but mm. they are comfortable. They are really bonfire.com really. slash store slash the 199. Get over there. See what we'll see, see you guys later. There.